Welcome to the BCP podcast, BCP Unfiltered. If you've been a follower, subscriber, fan, part of the BCP family for any length of time, you know that one of the things that I really would like President Trump to address more and fight more for are the January 6th prisoners. I love President Trump. I voted for him both times. I volunteered to help him get votes in 2016 when many people listening to this were still undecided if they were going to support Trump. Been on the Trump train for a long time. And I know it's politics. I know that there are certain things that President Trump says or doesn't say to keep himself out of trouble or what have you. But I just am endeared even more to President Trump when he does what I think he, I think he should do more often, and that is talk about the plight, recognize the plight of the January 6th political prisoners. Now, you'll notice I didn't say I'm talking specifically about helping them by bringing attention to their plight. We do have word and we have received information that President Trump is monetarily helping with many of these legal issues these folks are happen, are, are having. So I'm not going to, to pretend that I know exactly how much or what President Trump is doing behind the scenes. I just know that publicly I wish he would say and do more. And that is why in yesterday's CNN town hall, not only did this get a positive reaction from me when I saw it, it also got a positive reaction from the people in the town hall in question or the town hall yesterday that... President Trump participated in. A question to you is, will you pardon the January 6 rioters who were convicted of federal offenses? I am inclined to pardon many of them. I can't say for every single one because a couple of them, probably they got out of control. But, you know, when you look at Antifa, what they've done to Portland, and if uh, you look at Antifa, look at what they've done to Minneapolis and uh, so many other, so many other places, look at what they did to Seattle and BLM, BLM, many people were killed. These people, I'm not trying to justify anything, but you have two standards of justice in this country and what they've done, and I, I love that question, because what they've done to so many people is nothing, nothing. And then what they've done to these people, they've persecuted these people. And yeah, my, my answer is, I am most likely, if I get in, I will most likely, I would say it will be a large portion of them. You know, they did a very, and it'll be very early on. And they're living in hell right now. So when it comes they're to living pardons. in hell. And they're policemen, and they're firemen, and they're soldiers, and they're carpenters and electricians, and they're great people. Many of them are just great people. Now, when I first watched this and heard President Trump at the beginning of this answer make it sound like it wasn't going to be a lot of them, just, you know, some of them, my heart dropped. And I was thinking, well, obviously, look at all of them. If any of them are FBI plants or Fed operatives, then uh, perhaps not give them the same pass. But I was thinking, man, it should be all, almost all of them. And then as he went on and explained that it would be majority of them, and what made me happy is that he would do that toward the very beginning, uh, which is great news. I really hope President Trump doesn't get robbed again in 2024. Speaking of pardons, let's talk about Daniel Perry. President Trump talked about Antifa and how violent they are. And Daniel Perry 
yesterday, unfortunately, found himself getting a 25-year sentence for protecting himself and holding himself up to the Second Amendment and Castle Domain and Stand Your Ground doctrine in Texas of defending yourself against someone who is about to kill or shoot you. But of course, all this misjustice is happening to Daniel Perry because he shot an Antifa guy and he did it in Austin, Texas. Who is Mr. Perry? After being found guilty of murder by a jury for killing Garrett Foster, Judge Clifford Brown announced Daniel Perry's prison sentence. This court sentences you to a term of 25 years in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. It's a sentence the Foster family was hoping for. Finally, after three long years, we're finally getting justice for Garrett. 25 years will not bring Garrett back. But I'm hoping it'll give us a little peace that we can move on with our lives. I don't know. Maybe, just maybe, Garrett Foster shouldn't have been an a-hole and all alpha and all hopped up on power because he had a gun. That gun at which he pointed at Daniel Perry and then got shot and killed because Daniel Perry defended himself. I am so sickened by the story. And, and you're going to hear in, in this report, and it is true, there are no winners in this. I mean, even if you kill someone in self-defense, it still sucks that you had to kill somebody. And there are villains that you shoot and kill. I don't know, a pedophile, a rapist, and other ne'er-do-wellers. But it's sad that this Garrett Foster seems like he was kind of full of himself. He thought he was powerful. I don't think Garrett Foster had ever murdered or killed someone. Don't even think perhaps that he even meant to kill Daniel Perry. Just wanted to flex on him. But there's no way in hell Daniel Perry knew that. So he pulled out his gun and he shot him, uh, shot Garrett Foster in self-defense. And it's very sad that this whole thing went down. But Garrett Foster is the villain here, is the bad guy. He's the one who pulled the gun out on Daniel Perry. And unfortunately, Daniel Perry is paying the price. However, Perry's defense team wanted 10 years or fewer. His parents unable to hide their emotion, having to leave the courtroom three separate times to let it all out. Everyone is completely devastated, as you might expect. Even Perry himself cried after hearing the sentence. 25 years for defending your life against a man who pointed a freaking gun at you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all how Mr. Foster, Garrett Foster, felt about Daniel Perry, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, protesters, because that's one of the reasons why he got the sentencing, the higher sentencing. Because supposedly he didn't like these people. Folks, let's just go crazy here. I am BCP, Black Conservative Patriot. Let's say I didn't like white people. Let's say I was a racist and I hated white people. And I texted and I put on social media. By the way, I don't. Let's just, we, we, we are, this is a supposition. This is an example. If I hated white people 
and said, I hate white people, that they're all this and there there really is no good what crackers like that's that's not that that's the, the stupidest of any insult ever. It's funny. But let's say I just didn't like white people. And I'm driving through a white neighborhood and a white man points a gun at me to kill me and I take my firearm and shoot and kill that white man in self-defense. It's in self-defense. Regardless of the fact that I don't like white people. I didn't instigate shooting at this white person. I did it in self-defense. That is what happened to Daniel Perry. If you even believe all of the things that the prosecutor and the judge believed and allowed the jury to believe about Daniel Perry, that he didn't like Antifa, that he didn't like BLM, that he didn't like the protesters, etc. Didn't matter. That doesn't matter. What matters is that this dumb ass hopped up on power of having a gun, pointed a gun at Daniel Perry, and Daniel Perry defended himself. It's that simple. There are no winners in a case like this. But our job is to keep fighting. Perry's defense attorneys revealed they're not giving up on Daniel Perry. Our fight for Daniel Perry is not over. We will appeal this verdict. While we respect the court greatly, we can't agree that Daniel Perry received a fair trial. He did not receive a fair trial. Part of it is because he's in Austin. But check this out, folks. I'm not hearing this being reported anywhere. Did you know that Daniel Perry is autistic? Perry's case has become an explosive political stew of arguments over gun rights, self-defense, and racist social media posts. The governor dived in early, saying he would pardon Perry even before a judge handed down the sentence. So, here's what I want to zero in on. At a hearing Tuesday before state district judge Cliff Brown over Perry's sentence, attorneys for Perry and the state of Texas argued over the relevance of recently revealed racist and threatening comments Perry made on social media and in text messages. And they debated whether developmental disabilities and post-traumatic stress disorder suggested by Perry's hired psychologist should warrant leniency. So the guy had PTSD and he had developmental disabilities. You start thinking about this. Was he, I, I know it's not politically correct, but was he mentally retarded? Was he slow? Was he autistic? I mean, when I read this, I'm not seeing this anywhere else, folks. Am I wrong? Uh, are you seeing anywhere else reporting that Daniel Perry was autistic or on the spectrum? He had some kind of complex PTSD mixed in together with autism and then you throw in this lethal military training and he will react to perceived threats immediately and with severe consequences. Travis County Assistant District Attorney Guillermo Gonzalez said Tuesday and he's going to do it again. I mean, look what it says here, folks. First of all, this was a Travis County Assistant District Attorney. So this is coming from the prosecutors. He had some kind of complex PTSD mixed in together with autism. And then you throw in lethal military training and he will react to perceived threats immediately and with severe consequences. I don't know, damn it. Something about someone pointing a gun at you is more than just a perceived threat. 
regardless if you don't like these people or not. The minute they pull a gun on you, you have a right to defend yourself. Obviously, Austin isn't inclusive of uh, uh, autistic people. Luckily, Governor Perry, uh, Governor Perry, I wanted, his name is Perry. Um, and obviously, there was a Governor Perry years ago in Texas. But Governor Abbott and the, and the Governor Abbott in, in te- the Texas law, for those outside of Texas, the governor just can't pardon someone. It's got to go to the parole and pardons board and they have to issue a recommendation to the governor before the governor can pardon. This case has been marked with deep emotion from the very start of it. And that was certainly the case in the courtroom this morning when the judge announced that sentence a quarter century. He says that Daniel Perry must serve behind bars in the death of Garrett Foster. Now we want to point out this is a separate decision, a separate track from a possible pardon by Governor Greg Abbott that we are told still remains in the works. Perry's defense team says they plan to vigorously appeal this decision, this jury verdict that happened here a couple of weeks ago on multiple grounds, including evidence they said that was withheld from the jury and possible jury misconduct. They previously have filed a motion for a new trial, but the judge rejected that. Once again, evidence that the jury was not allowed to see or hear, plus possible jury tampering. And as you can see, we have a biased judge here. Once again, I don't know if these allegations are true or if they're Hail Marys from Daniel Perry's defense. But seeing that it's in Austin and Austin is hardcore left and this judge, obviously, from what we can, from what I've seen following the case, appears to be an activist judge, nothing surprises me. We're going to get into in our next story about withholding uh, evidence from the jury something that the left like to do to stack things against people when they're trying to defend themselves against crimes that the woke folks want to make sure that people get found guilty on. Anyway, I digress. Let's get back to Daniel Perry. But again, Perry's defense team says they will continue to fight as well as helping draft pardon records and pardon requests that will go to the Board of Pardons and Parole, again, which is considering at the governor's request, a pardon request for Daniel Perry. So they are still, uh, that's still in the works. That's what's uh, being reported. Wow, folks. Um, Injustice after injustice after injustice. All right. Well, the only one, Daniel Perry wasn't the only one to get an injustice. Obviously, President Trump was found liable in a civil court in this E. Jean Carroll, where she says that he raped her. And then they said, well, he didn't rape her, but he sexually assaulted her. Now, This was brought up during the CNN town hall. So let's uh, let's get into that. A jury in New York finding Donald Trump, the Republican presidential frontrunner by far, liable for sexually abusing and defaming writer E. Jean Carroll. The jury also awarding the former magazine columnist nearly five million dollars in damages to be paid by Mr. Trump. Carroll 
walked out of the Manhattan courthouse just moments ago with her lawyer, who said that they are, quote, very happy with the jury's decision. Carol's lawsuit stemmed from an encounter between her and Trump in a New York department store dressing room in 1996, Bergdorf Goodman's, where she claims Donald Trump sexually assaulted her. Donald Trump just reacted on his social media platform, writing in all caps, quote, I have absolutely no idea who this woman is. This verdict is a disgrace, a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time, unquote. We turn now to former President Donald Trump's return to the primetime TV spotlight and new signs his 2024 re-election campaign will be a lot like the last two. In a CNN town hall... It was the first time Trump faced questions since a New York civil jury found him liable for sexual abuse and defamation of writer E. Jean Carroll, whose claims he repeatedly denied, disparaged, and mocked. What's happening is they're doing this for election interference. And I swear, and I've never done that, and I swear to I have no idea who the hell... She's a whack job. And remember a few moments ago when talking about Daniel Perry, I commented on, oh, how they, the prosecutors try to hide evidence is important for the jury to hear. Well, President Trump just called her a, a whack job and he had a reason to do that. Check this out. This woman, I don't know her. I never met her. I have no idea who she is. I had a picture taken years ago with her and her husband, nice guy, John Johnson. He was a newscaster, very nice man. She called him an ape. Happens to be African-American. Called him an ape. The judge wouldn't allow us to put that in. Her dog or her cat was named Vagina. The judge would not allow the jury to hear evidence that E. Jean Carroll is ape crap crazy. She called her husband an ape. He's black. Now, I'm not the kind of person who thinks that every time you call a black person something, it is racist. There are a lot of black a-holes out there. If you guys, this guy is this guy, he's an a-hole and he's black. It's probably because he's an a-hole. When people don't like me as a black man for any reason, I never default to it's because I'm black. I checked myself. Hmm, maybe I was kind of jerky in that instance. Maybe I misrepresented myself. Maybe I misspoke. Maybe I came off like an idiot. Maybe I came off like an a-hole, a jerk, or inconsiderate. I mean, sometimes, often, people have legitimate complaints or reactions or to something that you say or do as a black person, as a woman, as a homosexual. That has nothing to do with the fact that you are black, a woman, a homosexual, Hispanic, Muslim. Maybe you were just being a jerk in that moment. Maybe you were being apish. But the fact that they weren't allowed to even hear that as a jury tells you that everything was stacked in one narrative. Oh, little Miss E. Jean Carroll was a victim of Trump. So the fact that she had a pet named Vagina and called her black husband an ape wasn't allowed. Now, as President Trump gives us more details about this, you got to love President Trump's sarcasm. Yeah, Trump wanted to, okay, once again, I know rape is a horrible crime and not to be made light of. I know it's a horrible crime, but President Trump, with the plum here, totally breaks down the ridiculousness of the circumstances and this story of E. Jean Carroll. 
I, for one, don't believe it to be true. One of the reasons is why we know that President Trump likes women a lot younger than E. Jean Carroll is and was at the time. Once again, I know I know, rape is a, is a crime of power and what have you. But come on, folks. Come on. President Trump. I met her in the front door. She was about 60 years old. And this is like 22, 23 years ago. I met her in the front door of Bergdorf Goodman. I was immediately attracted to her. And she was immediately attracted to me. And we had this great chemistry. We're walking into a crowded department, sir. We had this great chemistry. And a few minutes later, we end up in a a room, a dressing room of Bergdorf Goodman, right near the cash register. And then she found out there are locks on the door. So she said, I found one that was open. She found one. She learned this at trial. She found one that was open. What kind of a woman meets somebody and brings them up and within minutes you're playing hanky-panky in a dressing room, okay? I don't know if she was married then or not. John Johnson, I feel sorry for you, John Johnson. Mr. President, can I? I'm sorry, President Trump. Just paints it how ridiculous the whole thing is. Yes, he met this woman that's, I don't know, 30 years past what President President Trump or uh, Citizen Trump at that time likes. He was considerably younger than he is now. Very rich, powerful man who, you know, let's be honest, a rich, powerful man have women falling at their feet. Women at their beck and call. Oh, yeah. We heard about President Trump talking about that in the famous leaked Access Hollywood tapes. And guess what? That was brought up as well during this CNN town hall. You, you did not testify in person in this trial. There was a tape deposition of you from October in it. You defended the comments that you made on that Access Hollywood tape about being able to grab women how you want. Do you stand by those comments? I said, if you're famous and rich or whatever I said, but I said, if you're a star, uh, you are, and I said, women let you. I didn't say you grip. I said, women let. You know, you didn't use that word, but if you look, women let you. Now, they said, will you take that back? I said, look, for a million years, this is the way it's been. I want to be honest. This is the way it's been. I can take it back if you'd like to, but if you're a famous person, if you're a star, and I'm not referring to myself, I'm saying people that are famous, people that are you stars, in the deposition, people that are rich, to be a star people that are powerful, yes. uh, they tend to do pretty well in a lot of different ways, okay? And you would like me to take that back? I can't take it back because it happens to be true. I said it's been true for one million years, approximately a million years, perhaps a little bit longer than that. So you stand by those comments? Well, I don't want to lie. Mr. Oh, President, here's, we have a lot what, of here's what she wants Mr. to President, say. Let's a get rich to the and famous person tonight. has no advantage over anyone else. Well, you do have an advantage. And I say unfortunately, but that's the way it is. You said fortunately or unfortunately. Well, fortunately Mr. or unfortunately for her. All right, folks, I want to end with these last uh, few clips that bring us full circle. I showed you President Trump talking about January 6th. Here's President Trump. Let's look at these clips talking about Mike Pence and the fact that, yes, the election was stolen. President Trump is not going to change his stance on what really happened on January 6th. One person who was at the Capitol that day, as you know, was your vice president, Mike Pence, who says that you endangered his life on that day. I don't Do think he feel, was in any danger. Mr. President, 
Do you feel that you owe him an apology? No, because he did something wrong. He should have put the votes back to the state legislatures, and I think we would have had a different outcome. I really do. But he doesn't have the authority to do that, as you know. What? The vice president does not have the authority to okay, reject those elections. Are you ready? Let's have this one out just now, because it's interesting. Let's keep it interesting, right? <laughs> It's always interesting with President Trump. Man, do I miss having that man in the White House. Folks, let's be honest. It's boring covering Biden. I mean, how many times can we cover his gaffes? All right, so let's talk about the stolen election. President Trump knew this was coming up, and he's well prepared. I like Mike Pence very much. He's a very fine man. He's a very nice man. He made a mistake. His lawyer said... You cannot move. I called him the human conveyor belt. I said, even if the votes, you mean, I talked to his lawyer, even if the votes are absolutely fraudulent, he can't say, yes, sir, he can't say, but, and the Democrats played it and the rhinos played it. And then the election was over. They told him he couldn't do it. And Mike said to me, I can't do it. The lawyers told me he can't do it. They can't do it. But the lawyers were wrong because right after the election, they all met, the rhinos and the Democrats, and they worked out a plan to make sure that future vice presidents don't do what I said you could do. Of course, Kate Collins has to push the narrative of the deep state that, oh, Mike Pence couldn't do it. He couldn't have done that. Well, if he could have done that, why they make new laws to prevent him from doing it? It's because he could have done it. Anyway, Kate Collins uh, tries to push the false narrative and President Trump uses logic and reason to refute her. That's not what happened. You're referring to the Electoral Count Act. I've, exactly read, right. I've read that. There is, there is no authority. No, legal experts, me. including Republican legal experts, say that he does not have that authority, Mr. Caitlin, President. But I want why to did on. they change the law then, saying that you can't do it? They didn't change the law. They strengthened the law because they were worried about oh, presidents Oh, they strengthened exploiting. it, meaning you could do it. <laughs> Thank that's, you. That's not what it means. Thank you. They strengthened the Mike law because they were Mike had the worried. right to do it. They uh, convinced him he didn't, and it was a horrible thing for our country. If you would have sent those votes back to Georgia, Pennsylvania, and other states, Wisconsin, which if you look at Wisconsin, they've virtually admitted now that the election was rigged. If they you would have, have sent those that, votes back to many of those states, they would not come back in the affirmative. And remember <laughs> what I said, and you just said it pretty much, you admitted what I said was right. They said not. he didn't have the right to do it. And he did have the right to do it. And that's why they changed the law, taking that right away. Look, once again, we all know that the 2020 election was rigged and stolen. And President Trump made it very clear what type of intellectual or lack of intellect you must have if you don't know this or realize it at this point, at this juncture, at this point in the game. Uh, I think that uh, when you look at that result, and when you look at what happened during that election, uh, unless you're a very stupid person, you see what happens. A lot of the people, a lot of the people in this audience, and maybe a couple that don't, but most people uh, understand what happened. That was a rigged election, and it's a shame that we had to go through it. It's very bad for our country. Yes, indeed, it's a shame that we had to go through it. And I hope and pray to God we don't have to go through it again, because 2022 wasn't fixed. And this is an issue I will be pontificating on more about in the near future. Thanks for uh, being here, folks. Once again, appreciate all of you uh, who are watching our show. 
obviously available to those of you uh, on Patreon, Locals, Spotify. Appreciate your subscription. I'll be back tomorrow with the last episode of the week. Until then, ciao, goodbye. God bless. Gotta give us what we want. Uh. Gotta give us what we need. Hey.